All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> Again, to all of you, God be praised again for all that he has done. Our God is great and he is greatly to be praised. What a great day to be back in the house of the Lord, number one. What a great day to be alive and well. Uh, again, and again, I say to all of you, uh, again, we are grateful for all of you that tune in. Some of you are traveling now. You indicated that, hey, we'll be listening via our phones and other communication devices. We thank you for your steadfastness, for your continued support of this ministry. I can't tell you how much it means. Let me just say this again to all of you that constantly interject your thoughts and comments on our Bible study, our prayer service, on the worship service. I want you to know that they don't go unnoticed. I want you to know that we may not uh, be able to get every one of your thoughts and comments up on the screen, but I always want you to know we do look at them. You'll see uh, most of the time that you'll get a like or someone will give a thumbs up to what you've said. That's us going back to look at your comments, your thoughts, your concerns, uh, all those things. We want you to know they don't go unnoticed. All right. So I always want to make sure you know that. And then secondly, also understand that we try to be very careful about what we post. Remember now, uh, Facebook is a privilege that we're being given um, and we want to make sure that we're very careful about what we post, what we respond to, because, again, we don't want to avoid anything that would cause us to lose this opportunity. All right. So even though you may send comments and thoughts about things that you're going through, uh, I want you to know we try not to post a lot of that for fear that it could cause us to lose this medium that we're using right now. I always want to be able to say stuff like that because sometimes people say, well, you know, I, I posted, but nothing was ever done. It's not that we don't want to post, but again, we try to be careful how we post and what we post. Not saying that you're saying anything that might be poison. Uh, you know, I always tell you that when we're doing this production-wise, you know, sometimes when you're operating with one person, you're, you're trying to do everything at the same time. You know, today's a prime example. Uh, we are, we're one uh, person short today. So Deacon Roscoe is trying to make sure he does scriptures, follow my thoughts, my, my lesson uh, for today, and look at Facebook. And sometimes that's difficult to do. All right? Now, I challenge any of you <laughs> that, that think we could do better, I invite you to be a part of the production team. And that's how you solve that. Come in and see how everything flows and works. Sometimes when they want to put things up, uh, you know, technology doesn't work as fast. All right? I, I mean, there's so many different things. It is. It's very complex. Okay? It's very complex. Uh, so sometimes you may hear me ask for a scripture, and they're literally trying to put it up, and they are pressed the button for it to get up. But technology doesn't always flow like that. Sometimes it's just like this. And sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's sluggish. Okay, uh, so I want you to know that uh, as we go forward um, in hopes that you'll be sensitive to that as we move. A uh, couple of things to be aware of. If, in case you have not heard, uh, on yesterday morning, we got word that Sister uh, Courtney Kernan was called from labor to reward. Yep, she was called from labor to reward. And again, we comfort the family during this hour of need. Uh, we comfort the family during this hour of need. So we say that to you uh, again so you are aware. Um, uh, we just saw Courtney out in the park, um, you know, on Thursday. She was here being supportive of the ministry, and God called her home. She was waiting 
Uh, she had some health challenges, and uh, her brother had come into town uh, to respond to those health challenges, but that wasn't God's plan. And so, again, we thank God uh, for his infinite wisdom. Uh, we thank God for seeing um, what he saw and calling her home. So here's the way we do it. Whenever there is a death in our family, we usually have a formatted process on how we respond. We have a bereavement team. The purpose of the bereavement team is to be the leader on how we reach out to comfort families. I know people saying, you know, I'm going to take some and do some. No. The process that we use is you function through the bereavement team. And New Life, if you remember, two years ago, we instituted this team to keep chaos and confusion out of this. Okay? The bereavement team, Deacon, Ros uh, Deacon York, Sister Roscoe, First Lady Tatum, um, and then the kitchen ministry. Okay? They function as the lead for new life. What we want you to do, and this is how we're doing it now, they've already started moving and activating. If you want to give something, if you want to take something, bring it here to the church, and we will coordinate it being delivered there. Now, remember, a couple of things. Number one, we are still in COVID, so we don't want everybody dropping over at the house. Number two, we don't want a lot of chaos. We don't want to be taking stuff and you take something, and then they've got scores of it, and some of it may end up being wasted. Okay? Bible says let everything be done decently and in order. We want to make sure everything is always decent and in order. We don't want there to be confusion over us and members. What we've said to all the members is please follow the format. I promise you, every time we've done it, it has gone off as smooth as possible when we follow the format. All right. So if you want to donate something, if you want to give something financially, you can do it via PayPal, Cash App, whatever. I promise you it will get to them. Okay. If you're donating to help us, it'll be used for that purpose. So, all right, thank you. And so, you know, we want to follow the process. What we want to do is eliminate confusion. Okay. The family is grieving. And sometimes the tendency is everybody just go over there one time. It's not the best thing to do. I'm sure you know that. All right? So let's follow the process. And I have no doubt that we will. And I'm not saying that we're doing anything that's different. I just want to remind us of the protocol. Okay? All right? Right now, they're already working. Uh, we don't know dates or times for anything. We're waiting for the family to share with us what's going to happen. And once we know that, uh, then we will share with you. Now, as of right now, we don't know. But I promise you, by Sunday, we will know and we will share with you. And then we'll begin to share with you our process on how we're going to minister to the family just as well. All right? So please be aware of that as we go forward. In the meantime, be praying for the family. All right? Be praying. Uh, I know when we went over to see Sister Kernan and family, her phone just kept ringing and ringing and ringing, and, and Whitney's phone was doing the same thing. Um, so if they don't respond, it's because, number one, they're trying to grieve. 
you know, it's hard to continue to talk about this loss and what happened. Sometimes, when I've discovered Dean, Dean Roscoe, people just want to know how she died. All right? People are curious. Oh, no. Well, how she died? You know, at this point, understand that was her date to leave this world. All right? That was her date to leave this world. And we can always say, well, you know, maybe if you, no, no, no. One of the things you need to know beyond any shall of a doubt, the Bible says there is a time to live and there is a time to die. So it doesn't matter what we plan. It doesn't matter what we think could have happened. She was going to leave this world on that date at the time she did. That's strictly Bible. The Bible says in Hebrews, it is appointed for man to die, which means we have a date with death. Okay, and it doesn't matter what you plan, doesn't matter what you try to do. It is not going to change the fact that that was the time her life was going to expire. Okay, that's all Bible. I know you know that. I've been teaching on it for the last four years. I've shown you scriptures. I have no problem bringing them back to you again because they're again, you know, these are very sensitive, traumatic situations, especially when you don't understand scripture. All right. So we are praying for her family. Pray for them. She's got family coming in town. She's got family around the world. We're going to be praying for them. All right. That's important to understand. All right. Some of you have already started responding. Uh, uh, First Lady Tatum has put something on uh, the Women of Worship page. You've already responded. And to that, I say that's what we do. All right. That's what we do. So please respond in that manner, okay? Uh, prayer ministry will be meeting this Saturday in the conference room at 11 a.m. They'll be meeting in the conference room at 11 a.m. Uh, again, trustees and deacons, again, because tomorrow is the uh, Wolverine State Congress Teacher Summit, there will not be a meeting Tomorrow, we will try to reconvene you within the next seven days, all right? Again, the Wolverine State Congress will be having a teacher summit tomorrow in Pontiac, all right? Tomorrow in Pontiac. And so I want you to be aware of that as we go forward. Um, again, it can be hybrid, which means you can Zoom in. Hopefully by now, you've already taken care of that information. I can tell you right now, I don't know the link. I don't know how to do it. If you haven't talked to Janelle, even though we've been talking about this for the last 30 days, you're probably out of luck. All right. Uh, you could go to the Wolverine State Convention website, and the information is there. The website is www.wolverinestatebaptistconvention.com, and you'll have to maneuver through that to get to the page. Okay, starts at 9 a.m. tomorrow. All right, so let's be praying for that. Next week, uh, the next week or the following week, the Saginaw Valley District uh, session is in place. Um, the classes you can see on the screen right now, it gives you the dates of the classes and the evening classes. We have already paid uh, Saginaw Valley. We've already paid New Life. All you got to do is register for the classes. They really want you to register in advance. That way the teachers know how to make preparation. Okay? 
they know how to make preparation. They really need you to register in advance. The number is on the, on the screen. You saw that already. I'll lift it up again on Sunday so you know how everything goes. All right. Uh, starting June the 19th, we will have what we call um, Vibe Development for our teenagers, for our middle and high school students at 930 we want all of our high school students, all of our middle school students to be in the house, prepared to have their own class. Uh, Sister Robin Fentress and team will be leading, uh, again, uh, taking the leadership with our young people on that. Looking forward to some great things. Just having our kids back in the building would be quite the honor itself. All right. So those are some things going on. Uh, again, Father's Day is this month. And the morning of Father's Day is our student recognition. So next week, I believe, will be Father's Day. That morning, we will be recognizing our high school graduates, uh, our college graduates. If we have, I know we got at least one. Uh, for every student that has done some honors, if you've been honored for most improved, for doing well in athletics, bring that stuff. Now, I said this before, and I want to continue to say this. You might have a billion certificates. We want you to bring the two or three that you want us to recognize. We will not be able to honor you for everything because we've got a bunch of other kids. Okay? So bring two or three that you want us to recognize you for, and we will do that. We've only got an hour, all right? So we want to make sure that we take time to do that. Again, uh, K.J. Yancey, uh, Anthony Land, uh, Jada Smith, we know our graduates that are graduating university-wise and high school-wise. So again, we thank and celebrate them. And we want to honor all of our elementary and middle and high school students. If you've done well in school, uh, if you're on the honor roll, most improved, whatever it is, bring two or three of your certificates that you want us to acknowledge that morning. So obviously that morning, there won't be life development. We'll be taking time to honor our children, okay? Children and adults, all right? So won't you be aware of that? At the end of June, obviously we'll be celebrating uh, the pastor and wife's 24th anniversary of pastoral leadership, but actually four years of leadership here at New Life. All right, we'll be celebrating that. Got a great speaker coming to be with us that morning. We'll be great. Um, we'll be honored to have him here. Just going to be a great day. All right, so it's going to be a great month at this time. Keep praying for the sick and shut in. Uh, again, ask your prayers again for all of our elderly uh, again, want to continue to emphasize that. Uh, some of you continue to ask the staff of Mother Jackson. Uh, she's doing okay. She's got still some challenges, uh, but she is doing well. So again, ask your continued prayers for her. Uh, Sister Sherry Jones was here Sunday. Uh, so again, we thank God for healing her. Sister Veda Weston has been here. Uh, again, we continue to remember Sister Studeman, Sister Stewart, Brother Ferris, uh, again, all of you uh, who have had some health challenges or losses, we want you to know that we are continuing to pray for you. Thank all of you that came out to the park for what we call our official opening. I want to remind you, we had about 300 people out there that day. 
Um, and again, New Life, you showed up in great numbers. You helped where you needed to. It was a great day. We gave about seven to eight bikes out, about $400 in gift cards and certificates. We gave away a flat screen TV and Xbox. Uh, again, Great Lakes Bay was here doing HIV testing and Saginaw Public Health was here. Uh, so again, thanks to all of you. We had uh, a representative come in the park and for the first time, the state police was in the park. All right. In the last five years, we've not had a police presence. We certainly welcome them and we are grateful and we got a commitment from this young man that anytime we're doing things of that nature, they will be in the park. So praise God again for that. All right. Uh, in August, I want to continue to throw this out there. Well, let me go back. In July, July the 17th will be our church in the park day. We'll be in the park worshiping. We do plan to have a light meal afterwards. And we got some festivities. So plan your day so you can hang out. Okay, we're going to have some musical groups in the park. Some other things going on. You don't want to miss it. All right. Don't want to miss it. All right. So just grateful again for that opportunity. OK. Uh, in August, um, Mr. Maurice Ashley, who is the first African-American grand chess master in the country, will be here during the cultural festival. But he's going to spend Saturday here with us. I'll give you the times and stuff. I need you in the house. He's going to be doing some exhibi exhibitions. He's going to be talking about, uh, again, chess and all those things. We want to make sure that he has an attentive audience. All right? So I need you here for that. All right? We're praying for a great day. All right? All right. So, hey, let's get into this outline on today. It's a very interesting outline on today. Um, it's talking about embracing change. And one of the things that I have discovered is that embracing change uh, really puts people on pins and needles uh, because, listen at this, change sometimes comes when you least expect it. Your life can be changed in a blink of an eye, all right? It can be changed in the blink of an eye. Your whole world can be turned upside down with an unexpected change, all right? Uh, and sometimes we don't have a choice. Sometimes things just hit us smack dab in the face, all right? Um, you know, when an employee implements change, sometimes I found that morale can go down because people don't like change. Okay. I never will forget when I worked as the assistant director of the juvenile home in Bay City, uh, my supervisor was, was the same. We were the same age, but we were supervisors over a crew of people, first, second, and third shift, that on average were over 40 years of age. I was 26 years old, and they hated the fact that we were 14 years younger and we were making changes, which meant that it upset their routine. Okay? They didn't like it at all. Matter of fact, they tried to sabotage a lot of stuff. All right? They hated change. All right? Uh, having to change your eating routine, having to change your sleeping routine. <laughs> am, I, am I in the house? All right. Uh, you know, when a child experiences change in their routine, sometimes it doesn't go well. Sometimes when a child has to go from their mother's house to their father's house because they're separated or, you know, child custody things, it, it's hard to get them to adapt because mama's got rules one way, daddy's got rules another way. All right. 
embracing change. It doesn't always feel good. Matter of fact, what I've discovered is that sometimes when we embrace change, his Redeemer, uh, when, when sometimes we have change happen, we resist it. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not, uh, no. All right. I mean, it literally happens. All right. Uh, can I give you a, a health example? The doctor said you need to stop smoking. Uh, no, I ain't, I ain't going to do that. I, I got to have my spokes. All right. Doc said, you know what? You really need to get out and walk a little bit more. I, I'm not getting out there in, hot, in that hot weather and walking. That's why you're breathing hard now. All right. That's why you can't fit nothing. And I'm not trying to be funny. Don't disrespectful. Don't misunderstand me. The point I'm getting at is the doctor gave you medicine so that you can change. He's giving you a regimen. I'm not going down there to that health place, that health club and walk out and do any workout. Okay? None of us like change. And when change takes us out of our comfort zone, it's really in hard. Listen, whether you know it or not, can I tell you this here, Sister Minnie Taylor, Sister Cheatham, can I tell you this here? Whether you know it or not, you're changing literally every second of the day. Okay? When an eyelash falls off your eyes, it breaks off. Okay, when you woke up this morning, you had a couple more gray hairs. That's change. All right? When you look in that mirror and look at yourself, and uh-oh, you, know, you notice that stuff ain't where it used to be. Okay? That's called change. All right? And, and for us, at the end of the day, we embrace change. I, I, I'll give you a prime example. We were, you know, just this past Wednesday... We were talking about the stretch zone, and we told you some examples of things that can put you in a stretch zone. We talked about a sudden death, okay? We talked about the loss of a loved one. We talked about going to your job to find out that, you know, now all of a sudden, after 23 years, your job is shut down, and there is no pension for you. Talking about taking care of a loved one, stuff like that, Okay? Sometimes change comes very suddenly, and it's interesting that we talked about that, and we talked to Sister Kearney yesterday, and she said, you know, you were just talking about being in the stretch zone yesterday, and here we are Thursday morning, less than 24 hours later, and now we're having to embrace and accept the fact that one that we love has been called from labor to reward. Change happens whether you think it's going to happen or not. The question becomes, what are some of the reasons why we don't embrace change? That's what we want to deal with today. All right? I want to give you four of them, which may, you know, you may say amen to them, you may not. But they are the realities of change. All right? So let me give you number one. All right? Matter of fact, before I do that, Dean Roscoe, can, I, can you give me a quote? I want to pull up one or two quotes, and I'll, I'll, I'll pull up the rest of them later. Um, the first two that we have, one is by uh, Kazuzo Akakura, all right? I uh, hope I got that name right. Uh, but anyway, he said this, Dean Roscoe. He said, the art of life lies, listen at this quote, the art of life lies in constant readjustment to our surroundings. In other words, the art of life, a master of life, is one that is constantly readjusting to change that we face every day. One day is 90 degrees, the next day is 45. You got to make some changes. All right? That's what he says. Here's number two. This is by Max McEwen, 
And Max McEwen says, adaptability <clears throat> is about the powerful difference between adapting to cope and adapting to win. All right? That's a great quote. Okay? Some people will only change when they ain't got no choice. And even when they change then, they're changing resistantly. The only reason why I'm doing this is because I got to. I ain't got no choice. All right? But for us, you know, as believers, we are always changing. God is always stretching us. Okay? And the reason why many of us fail is because we don't want to change. We like being comfortable, you know, in this. And God doesn't want you to be comfortable. All right? So I want to give you a couple of reasons uh, why uh, sometimes we struggle with change. Here's number one. One of the first reasons why we don't embrace change is because of fear of failure. We're afraid that when we are prompted to change, we're going to fail. Let me give you a scripture, and I want to always hope you keep this in your spirit, says Lake. Uh, Philippians 1 and 6, and it says this. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which began or begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So what is God saying? If I started it, I'm going to finish it. It will never, you'll never fail when God is doing the good work. All right? It's important to understand that. Now, here's something that I understand. Success is comfortable. All right? Since June, success is comfortable and exciting. But watch this. But change can rock your whole world. All right? Especially when you don't know what's going on. All right? Change can rock your whole world. Why? Because it upsets everything. All right? And we are creatures of habit, meaning we like things a certain way. We like our house a certain temperature. We like our food cooked a certain way. You know, that's why we go to certain restaurants. Because, you know, once we acquire the taste, we don't like doing nothing different. All right? And so, you know, even when it comes to loved ones, we are accustomed to doing things a certain way. But all of us understand, especially when it comes to life, that tomorrow is not promised to anybody. Okay? Well, often when God is changing things, change, I've discovered, is new territory. All right? It's new territory, and it can lead to a lot of trial and error, especially when you're trying to do something different. Okay, the doctor says, okay, what you probably need to do is you probably need to walk a little bit more. Well, so you tried, all right? You out walking because the doctor told you it was walking, and you wasn't really paying attention to your steps, and you tripped and fell. You say, oh, I'm not walking no more, uh-uh. Or you walk, and you walk three times around the block, and you notice that when you get back home, your legs are sore. That brings about pain. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. All right. Fear of stepping into failure can lead us to not embrace change. I'm not doing that. No, that that costs too much. No, that you know, the the cost of it to my body, the toll is taken. All right. I can't do it. All right. But we, listen, here's the other thing we, we must understand. We must not fear failure as there is as uh, as there is always so much to learn to take us to the next level of success. 
You'll never be successful if you're not willing to endure failure in the process. Okay? Michael Jordan, one of the premier basketball players of all time, will tell you, and I, I don't know his stats, so I'm just going to just kind of pretend like I do. Michael Jordan said, I've taken uh, a thousand shots with less than five seconds left in the game, and half of them went in and half of them didn't. They threw me the ball in the crutch thinking, okay, Michael's going to make this three. Sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. But he never stopped because he knew that success meant you got to be willing to risk doing something that you're not accustomed to doing. When people looked at that game last night, they thought it was a shoe-in that the Golden State Warriors were going to win. And yet they got beat by 14 points after leading most of the game. Okay? The Boston Celtics never felt like they weren't going to win. And even though they were behind, because being behind, you got to adjust to being okay being behind, knowing that it's going to change in a while. All right? So for us, we've got to understand. Let me point this out to you. Uh, uh, Psalm 37, verse 23. Here's what every believer needs to embrace, because this is what change is all about. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Now watch this verse. He says this in verse 24. He says, though he, though he fall, and fall can symbolize though he may fail, he shall not be utterly cast down. Failure is not final. Not when your steps have been ordered by the Lord. It says, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. So what is God telling you? God is telling you that even when God orders your steps, you're going to face failure in the process. Okay? You're going to face it. But failure is not final. And failure is not the end. Now, let me push this a little bit and then we'll pray. One of the things that we don't ever want to be known as is failing anything. So what do we do? We'd rather err on the side of caution than to get out there into new territory. I don't want to be looking foolish. I don't want people laughing at me. What if I don't get it right? What if I don't pronounce it right? What if I don't cook it right? What if I don't cut it right? What if I don't look right in this? See all those things that go through our mind? And yet you've got to be willing to embrace change. I've seen people that did not have a choice. They found out they had diabetes, okay? And they found out just on a whim that they got an injury on their arm that never healed, okay? An infection set in. And they had to go to the doctor, and the doctor said, I'm sorry, I don't have a choice but I've got to take your arm. If I don't take your arm, the infection is going to spread to the rest of your body. So now you have to deal with life without one of your arms. Some people cope with it well, and some people go into depression, and they keep living in yesterday. Okay? It's not like God did not know this was going to happen. But God is still telling you, if I took care of you with both arms... <laughs> don't you think I'll take care of you with one? 
I mean, think about it. And so that's what God is asking us now. There is a fear of fear. I get that. What happens if this happens? But if God is the same God he was yesterday, today, and tomorrow, what makes you think that he won't take care of you then? All right? So let's pray that now. Let's pray that God helps us get over our fear of failure. Father, we come now, we ask that, Father, you help us to embrace change. And helping us to embrace change means getting over our fear of failure. Failure is something that every believer undergoes in this life in various ways, shapes, and fashions. You made us aware of that. We see failure in the Bible. We see it in everyday life. And, Father, it will even reach our personal lives. We pray now, Father, that you help us to get over failure, the fear of failure, and trust you that you're ordering our steps. You said in your word that you didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So now, Father, help me to embrace that failure is part of the believer's walk, but that out of failure, there are things we can learn to help us achieve at the next level of success. Lord, we're grateful, appreciative. We thank you for all that you've done. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing that we have to do, if we're going to embrace change, we got to get over our fear of failure. That's number one. Number two, if we're going to embrace change, number two, we got to get over the fear of pain. Got to get over the fear of pain. All right? Nobody likes being in pain. Okay? And pain slash discomfort does not feel good anytime. It really doesn't, all right? I know you can say amen to that. I, I want to give you a scripture to help you with this, all right? First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 12, down through verse number 19. Now, listen at this. Now, we're also using this same scripture to talk about God stretching our faith because stretching our faith means sometimes God has to put your faith on trial, but he also has to put you on trial in uncomfortable places, spaces, and situations. So watch what Peter says. He said, beloved, think, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. Now, in this instance, the trial could be pain, the fiery pain, which is to try you as though something strange is. Don't think it's strange that you have some pain. Don't think it's strange that you have some heartache. Don't think it's strange that you're going through some situation. That's what Peter's saying in that verse. Now, watch what he goes a step further and say it. All right? And some of you are going to look at this and say, no, 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 that's not true. But it is. Watch verse 13. He says, but rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering. The word suffering means pain. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Watch this. Keep going. He, watch this. He says in verse 14, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, if you undergoing something that causes you some consternation, some sorrow, some grief, some anguish, he says, happy are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, 
he is glorified. Even though they're talking negative about Christ, it's going to make God be glorified as well as you because you're only enduring it. Why? Because you're serving Jesus Christ. So then he gives us this advice in verse 15. In verse 15 he says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other man's matters. Don't make that the reason why you're going through pain. All right? Don't position yourself so that the reason why you're suffering is because of that. All right? But then he comes back and reminds us in verse 16. He says, he says, but if any man suffer, if any man is enduring pain as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but rather let him glorify God on his behalf. The only reason why I'm going through this right now is because I'm serving Christ. I'm doing what he has called me to do. All right. Watch verse 17. He says, for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? All right. Verse 18, he reminds us of this. He says, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, what shall be the ungodly? I'm sorry, what shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? So then he gives us this reminder in verse 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer, let them that endure pain, according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. So what is God saying in that whole thing? Don't be surprised if you're going through pain, that you endure pain for the gospel. It's going to happen. Uh, you're going to be attacked. Job is our primary witness. We're going to talk about Job again Sunday. But he's saying don't be surprised. Okay? It's part of your life. Can I warn you that the more you accept Jesus Christ, okay, the more you accept him and live the way he wants we want you to understand at the end of the day, um, it's going to occur because you're doing righteousness. And yes, our pain is nothing compared to the pain Jesus endured for mankind. All right? Now, it also, sis Redeemer, you're correct, it also makes us aware of the goodness of God even in the midst of pain. All right? If I'm, if I'm experiencing pain, it's because I'm doing what God has called me to do. I've got to learn how to embrace change. It doesn't feel good. I admit that, and I hope you will as well. But remember, I just read you a quote. <laughs> Can I just read it again for you? Um, you know, the art of life, the master of life, is in constant readjustment to our surroundings. Okay? I got to learn to be a master of adapt adapting to change. All right? All of a sudden, I'm healthy, and now all of a sudden, I got allergies. All right? All of a sudden, I got a job, and now all of a sudden, I don't have a job. I got to make some change. What does change look like? All right? So for us, it's important to understand none of us want to feel pain. All right? All right? We don't want to feel it whether it's physical, whether it's mental, emotional, or even spiritual change. But listen at this now. Pain causes us to run in the opposite direction, right? 
but pain is also the catalyst, the beginning to a strength we would not know otherwise. Right? You would have never known that you had the strength to get through unless the pain had made you aware that you had the ability. Make sense? Sometimes pain is the motivator to change us. And as you're being changed, you figure out, oh, I can handle it. It don't feel good, but I can get through it. Pain is the catalyst for change at times. And sometimes we won't change until we have pain. All right? Some people won't change their spending habits until their money situation change. So now you can't borrow your clothes from Macy's anymore. You might have to go to a secondhand store. And you might be saying, well, yeah, I, I can't wear that stuff. You, you'd be surprised what you can do when you have no choice but to change. Okay? You'd be surprised. Remember this man, and then I'm going to pray. Remember this man that was out, um, he was hiking one day. This happened several years ago. He was hiking one day. And somehow, as he was trying to cross these rocks, he fell down in this ravine, and his arm got wedged between the rocks and him. And he laid there for two or three days in constant pain. And he had to make a decision. If I'm going to live, I'm going to have to ultimately cut my arm off. You remember that? That man made a life-changing decision, okay? Either I'm going to die because I don't want to cut it off, or I'm going to live and cut it off. And so this man out there by himself took a knife he had in his pocket and literally cut his arm off. Did it? Of course it was painful, but he lived on the other side. He had to make a life altering decision that was painful but it gave him the strength to endure at the end and that's to Sherry Jones what we have to do sometimes we have it's painful sometimes when you got to cut people off it's painful when you you hear that a loved one has passed away it's painful when your body is aching and is swelling and all the medications they give you, they don't seem to ease it. But you've got to learn how to kind of press through. Okay? Don't let the fear of pain stop you from pressing through it. Because on the other side, you'll see that it's going to work out for your good. Let's pray that now. Father, we come... And we ask now, Father, that as we embrace change, we know that part of embracing change means that there must not be a fear of failure and there must not be a fear of pain. Pain doesn't feel good. Uh, it doesn't feel good emotionally. It doesn't feel good physically. It doesn't feel good spiritually and all of the above. But we also recognize that pain is the catalyst to a strength we would not otherwise know we have unless we endure the pain. So, Father, as we embrace change and sometimes pain comes our way, give us the strength. Give us the fortitude to know how to press through the pain. And sometimes the pain can linger for days, weeks, months, hours. 
even years. But you said if we learn how to wait for you, that you would make things all right. I get it. Some people don't understand the pain we've endured. But the pain we've endured is nothing compared to the weight of glory that shall be revealed in us at the time of Christ's return. We thank you now as you teach us to not be afraid of pain, but to learn that as we go through, that things will change for us in a due season. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. So number one, embracing change means, number one, there must not be a fear of failure. Number two, embracing change means there must not be a fear of pain. But here's number three, and this one is more common than we'd like to think. One of the reasons why we don't embrace uh, change is fear of criticism, right? Many people will not change for fear that we're going to become the subject of somebody's talking about us. You can listen. Can I just tell you this? You got to learn how to get over. I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh, even when you think people aren't talking about you, guess what? Right. I mean, you can have on the best dress. You know, you can everything can be in place, and people are gonna talk about you. All right. You can retire from a job. People are going to talk about you. You move to another house. People are going to be talking about you. They can see you out eating. They're going to be talking about you. You can come to church and do everything right. You can cross all the T's, dot all the I's. I promise you, somebody going to run their mouth on you. It's the nature of humanness. All right? Some people do it for the good. Some people do it for the bad. All right? But let me give you a scripture or two to help you with this. All right? Watch this. Um, uh, John 14, 25. Watch what he says. He says, these things I have spoken unto you while I'll be present. Jesus said, look, while I'm with you, I told you, I told you what's going to go on. You saw it happen to me. Now, watch verse 26. He says this. He says, but the helper, the comforter, uh, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now watch the next verse. Here is his admonishment, meaning here is his encouragement. Peace I leave unto you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. And then here it is. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither be afraid. Jesus knew when he left, they were going to come under tremendous scrutiny, uh, tremendous conversation. And he was saying, look, don't forget I gave you peace. Not like the world. And don't forget they did it unto me. Watch this next verse. Um, Titus 2 and 6. All right. Now, why am I saying this? Because sometimes your name is going to be put out there. Sometimes because there again, you have this issue that has come up in your life that now everybody in the whole community knows about. All right. All right. I cannot tell you the, the, the number of people down through the years I've talked to. They've gone through divorce and now people are blaming them. People are talking about them and people don't like that. I don't like the fact that they talk about me. It bothers me. OK, watch this. 
Young men, likewise, uh, uh, exhort to be sober-minded. Watch this verse. All right? In uh, verse 70 says, in all, watch this, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. Keep doing the main thing. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness. Don't, don't get caught up in the world. Gravity, sincerity. Keep doing what you need to do as you make change. Now watch this. Verse number 8, uh, he says this. Sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed. You keep doing what's right. You keep living holy. Don't worry about what they say. Don't worry about how they talking about you. All right? Because eventually what will happen is, as this verse is saying, he says, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary may be ashamed having no evil thing to say about you. I know you've been accused. I know people are talking. I know people are looking and whispering. Just keep doing what's right. Yeah, I know you bumped your head when you first started changing. I know you had to downsize from a four-bedroom house now to a two-bedroom house because your money is, is different. Yeah, people talking. Yeah, I know he cheated on you. Now you got to live without him and the cars that you had, yeah, this changed. And they talking about you. Don't worry about the criticism, okay? You keep doing what God told you. I, listen, I promise you this. You keep doing what God told you to do in this new change in your life, and I promise you, you'll have more peace than everybody that's running their mouth about you. I promise you that, okay? I promise you that's going to happen. Let me give you one more verse. Uh, 1 Peter 2.15. Watch this verse. He says this. He says, for so is the will of God that with well-doing you, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Keep doing what's right. Don't worry about them talking, whether it's right or wrong. I'm going to tell you right now. I could be wrong, Dean Roscoe. But people are going to talk about you when you're doing good, and they're going to talk about you when you're doing bad. They're going to talk about you when you change. They're going to talk about you when you change husbands. They're going to talk about you when you change jobs, when you change cars. They're going to talk. People, that's just people. But don't be so caught up in them that you don't hear God's voice as God is transitioning you to change to do greater things. Okay? Remember David? David was doing a whole bunch of stuff. And remember one time he got defeated? I think the Philistines or the Midianites beat, I mean, just beat the pants off of them. And people was talking. David came back and, you know, all of a sudden his mighty soldiers... Okay, they lost every, They came back in the camp. They, their wives had been taken. Their kids had been taken. Their cattle had been taken. All their food had been taken. And them jokers was mad at David. They was ready to put their hands on David. All right? So that was a failure. And yet David encouraged himself in the Lord. Lord, I know this is part of the process, but I'm still going to trust you because you've already told me I'm going to have the victory. Don't look at your failures at the end. Look at them as a stepping stone to where God wants you to be. Okay? You know, I, I, Bobby Brown this past week talked about he's got these addictions. Okay? He's had them since he was seven years old. 
And so he says, every day at any given time, I could drink again. Okay? He admitted it. And yet he says, even if I've fallen off the wagon, I've had to get back on. Did people talk about him? Yeah, they did. You know, based on that little thing they did on them and what he looked like. And all, I mean, he was made out to be a villain. But when you look at him now, and he talks about his failures, he's using those as teaching moments for us as we go through change. That's the stuff sometimes we don't see. Okay? Think about all the pressure of what he had to endure. And I'm not trying to make you have a pity party for him. What I want you to understand is he's human like you. He's fallen like you have. Okay? But he's rebounded, and people are still talking negative, just like they're going to do about you. Don't be afraid of people talking, okay? Don't be afraid to teach that class because you're not going to teach it like Craig Tatum. You're not going to lead like Deacon Roscoe or First Lady Tatum or Sister Redeemer or Sister Lake or Sister Pratt. You're not going to lead like them because God didn't design you that way. Well, you know, he don't teach like Deacon so-and-so. Well, I'm sorry, but Deacon so-and-so don't teach like the person that was teaching the class before him. Get it? Okay. So for us, let's understand, I get it. The majority of people don't like change. I get it. And criticism is going to come every time. You see, you don't cook yellow cake like I cook it. Your greens don't taste like mine. All right? You're going to get some criticism. We fear people because we want their support. Okay? But pleasing others instead of ourselves is a trap that can keep us from discovering true freedom. I embraced years ago that I'm going to say some things, I'm going to lead a certain way, and everybody ain't going to be happy. End of discussion. Okay, I can only lead as God tells me to lead, but it's the best that I can do. So I embrace change. What about you? Let's pray. Father, we come now. Help us, Father, to embrace change, and we embrace change by getting over our fear of being condemned, to being criticized, to being talked about, even laughed at, even mocked, because what we do, what we change into is not what we used to be. Sometimes people criticize us to keep us in a place where we are inferior to them. Sometimes people criticize us because they're jealous, envious. Sometimes people are just mean-spirited and don't want us to have a better life than them. As we trust you, as you direct our path, we pray, Father, for strength to overcome the whispers, the jeers, the laughs, all the conversations that are negative. We know they did the same thing to Jesus Christ. So we pray for strength to overcome criticism and keep making the changes you have ordained that you can get the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord, we ask this now in Jesus' name, amen. So let me give you those three again, all right? Embracing change means you must overcome your fear of failure, Okay, for example, you got a business, all right, got a business, and 
God is leading you maybe to get away from the business. Or you're saying, you know what, I think I've reached a point where I just don't have the energy anymore. I need to let this go and do something new. Sometimes that can be fearful because why? Because number one, that's your money maker. Okay? Don't be afraid of failure. Number two, uh, if you're going to embrace change, you, there must not be a fear of pain. Okay? There must not be a fear of pain. In other words, I cannot be afraid of enduring some things on my way to something better. Number three, all right, there must not be a fear of criticism. I promise you right now, when you do anything different than what you've been accustomed to doing, somebody going to put their lips on you. Okay? Somebody going to do it. All right? I, I can remember uh, when I first started pastoring at the church I used to pastor years ago, uh, I was always compared to the previous pastors and how they did it, and it was always okay. And what I was doing wasn't the right way to do it. And my response was, if my steps have been ordered by God, what gives you the right to comment on what God told me to do? You got to get to a point where you don't worry about what people say. You're going to drive yourself crazy trying to please your peers, your children, your husband, your wife, because they don't understand what God has told you to do. Even people in the church. If God has told you to do it, that settles it. If they talked about Jesus, they're going to talk about you. Remember, he saved others. Why don't he save his own self? Mm -mm. A charge to keep by having a God to glorify. All right, that's game plan. So number four, if you're going to embrace change, there must not be, you've you got to overcome your fear of discomfort. Fear or change can be uncomfortable, okay? It can be uncomfortable. That's why people sometimes don't buy new clothes because new clothes don't, I mean, make them feel uncomfortable. You know, when you first put new clothes on and new shirts and they, you know, they, they scratch your neck and, you know, you got stuff, new pants and stuff like that. Uh, or you get a new bed, okay, and the bed is uncomfortable, all right? Um, you know, sometimes you get a new car and it's got all the bells and whistles and you don't know where things are now. You didn't almost have an accident. All right. Uh, maybe you're living in a new house. All right. And it doesn't smell like the other one. It's not as big or you're in a new place and you used to be able to sit on your porch in the evenings and, and drink tea. Now you got mosquitoes and other things. I, I mean, people don't want to be uncomfortable. All right. Discomfort can be messy. All right. Listen at this. But it can also be magical. Now, what do I mean by that? It's where we experience learning and personal growth. Sometimes when you're uncomfortable, you discover stuff about yourself. You learn stuff, not just about you, but your environment, about your surrounding. Let me throw this quote in there. I want to give you two quotes to think about real quickly. All right? Watch this. And this is number three. Number three and number four. Watch this. All right, watch this text. Uh, it says this. Uh, this is George Lichtenberg. This is what he says. I, I cannot say whether things will get better if we change. 
What I can say is they must change if we are to get better. You get it? I cannot say whether things will get better if we change, but what I can say is that, uh, what I can say is they must change if we are to get better. All right, here's number four. Watch this. This is our former president, Bill Clinton. The price of doing the same old thing is far higher than the price of change. You keep doing the same stuff, and it's going to cost you. All right? So for me, I understand this. If any one of you, watch this now. If, if we're going to change uh, sometimes our health, personal, uh, personal finances, all of the above, you know, it's going to experience some discomfort as you make your way to change. All right? Watch this. Let me give you the last two quotes, and then I'm going to pray. Number five and six says this. This is by Jim Rowan. He says this. Your life does not get better by chance. It gets better huh, by change. Your life does not get better by chance. It gets better by change. If you want something different, you got to do something different. Here's one by Vincent Van Gogh, famous artist. Listen at this. Normality is a paved road. It's comfortable to walk, but no flowers grow on it. Get it? Normality is a paved road. It's comfortable to walk on, but no flowers grow on it. If you want to be able to smell the roses and see things differently, you got to experience some change. And what that simply means is there cannot be a fear of discomfort. All right? Some, sometimes, and I'll use an example. Say you want to go visit somebody, but you may not have the finances to get on a plane, which means, okay, you got to drive. Okay. Driving doesn't feel good because now you got to sit in the car for three, four, five, six hours. And then once you get there, you now got to encounter this traffic. It's uncomfortable. No, I'm not going because last time I went, I didn't like it. It didn't feel good. Nope. What's the alternative? Stay home and miss your loved ones? Or drive, endure getting down there? Make sense? All right. You say you're not sleeping at night, but to sleep at night, you got to sleep on a special pillow, all right? And you don't like the pillow, but the pillow has guaranteed success. What's the alternative? So there are some things we need to think about. Now, now Lula, why is all this critical to us? Because everything that God is doing with us right now signifies that he wants us to embrace change. We're about to do some phenomenal things that's going to challenge all of us, okay? But we cannot be afraid of failure. We cannot be afraid of criticism. We got to become comfortable with discomfort, and we got to be okay enduring some pain in the process. That's what it boils down to, and that's what God is telling us. Now, when you are uncomfortable, James gives us this scripture. I'll read this scripture, and then I'll pray. James 1 and 5. This is what he says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally 
and without, or in this text it says, and abradeth not, and it shall be given. When you're uncomfortable, seek the counsel and the comfort of God. Okay? If you're lacking, if you don't understand and you're uncomfortable, seek wisdom from God on what to do in your state of being uncomfortable. And the Bible says if you trust God, he will direct your path. Even when you're uncomfortable, God can still direct you. That's what it boils down to. Okay? Let's pray that. Father, we come now. You have shared with us four nuggets today um, on, on the reasons why we don't embrace change. And we hope that it will turn around. Help us to overcome our fear of failure. Help us to overcome our fear of pain, our fear of criticism, and our fear of discomfort. And embrace the change that you are orchestrating over our lives. We're going to trust you no matter what it feels like, no matter what they say, no matter if we fall, no matter if it feels uncomfortable and we're enduring pain because it's part of your plan. You have a plan for us, plan the process, plan to give us hope and a future. But to get there, we've got to learn how to not be afraid of failure, pain, criticism, and discomfort. Change is good, and it will help us get to the place where you can use us for your glory. Lord, we plead your blood over every member of our family. We pray, pray that you would comfort the, the current family in the moment of sorrow. Remember our elders in a time of sickness and distress. Heal us in every way as only you can. Bless us financially. Bless us mentally, spiritually, and physically. Help us to know that even our moments of adversity, that you're going to promise and give us the victory. Bless this church in a mighty way. Bless the first family, all the leadership. Remember the leadership summit tomorrow. Uh, remember those that tune in week in and week out. We give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I hope you've been blessed on today. Hey, hope you'll turn so tell somebody to tune in today. This message is for somebody. It might be for you but it might be for somebody else. And as always, thank you for your giving, for your support, for your prayers. I appreciate the fact that you tuned in today. As you embrace change, God's going to bless you in an abundant way. That's our prayer. We'll see you Sunday morning at 930. Be blessed.